You are listening to a podcast from News Plus Radio. This is In the Spotlight. Echoes from ancient times with the tempo of the modern age. In the Spotlight, more choice from the vast landscape of authentic Chinese culture. And welcome to this edition of In the Spotlight, a show featuring arts, culture, and showbiz from right here in China. I'm your host, Li Mingjun. The annual Beijing International Book Fair just brought down the curtain recently. So, first half on today's program will lead you to experience the highlights of this grand publishing event. Following that, we'll learn how Mogao Grottoes, one of the most popular tourist attractions in China, balanced the conflict between tourism development and protection. And finally, we will introduce you to Chinese writer Bi Fei Yu's autobiography "Su Bei Juvenile Don Quixote," or in Chinese "Su Bei Xiao Nian Tang Ji Ge De." So, plenty of entertaining and informative stories are up ahead on In the Spotlight. Stay with us. For bookworms and cultural enthusiasts in the capital city, the annual Beijing International Book Fair is a carnival they should not miss. Featuring a guest country of honor every year, the fair showcases some of the leading literature and cultural programs for various nations. This year's book fair has just concluded, and it had put Turkey in the spotlight. Sitting at the other end of the Silk Road, Turkey has fostered an affinity with China through trade a thousand years ago. But now the country has found a new approach to strengthen ties between these two ancient civilizations. At this year's Beijing International Book Fair, Turkey makes its appearance as guest of honor, with 20 publishers, 10 prominent writers, and over 80 artists on board. The Turkish organizers launch many activities, such as panel discussions, publishing workshops, literary seminars, and art performances. During the opening ceremony. Wu Shanzhi, deputy director of the State General Administration of Press Publication Radio, Film and Television, says the book fair will serve as an important platform for bilateral cultural exchange. By holding different events for the guest country of honor, the communication and cooperation between Sino-Turkish publishing industries could reach a new level. By establishing a Silk Road of culture in the 21st century. Our two nations could write down a new chapter for common prosperity. In the eyes of Metin Jilal Zeynogu, president of the Turkish Publishers Association, Turkey is a mighty market where reading reigns supreme, and nearly 40 percent of the top-selling books are translated ones. However, in terms of Chinese literature, due to the high cost of translation and non-fully developed access, Turkish publishers have to seek English versions first and then translate them into Turkish. We only want one thing at this Beijing International Book Fair. Since the works translated from Chinese to Turkish are pretty rare, and vice versa, we want to join hands with Chinese publishing companies to solve this problem. That is what we desire. In the country of Orna Pavilion, several red-roofed Turkish booths have been built. Inside these exotic-looking buildings, visitors can find nicely bound books sitting on the shelves. From children's books to fiction and arts, nearly 8,000 titles of literary works from Turkey have been introduced. 
From time to time, people will stop and examine these well-made books attentively. Working at an Istanbul-based literary agency, Nermin Mola Ogu has attended the book fair several times. She remembers that people's reaction to Turkish books was quite different at the beginning. Well,、uh, like four years ago,、uh, most of the editors didn't know what, what is the capital of Turkey. They didn't know the our language. They know it now, you know. And I learn about China. It's both ways learning. According to Molao Gup, although her company always focuses on business ties with Europe, with the huge market potential in the Far East, it is time to work with China. However, the fair is not all about business. Since the theme of this year is Turkey in all its colors, this country of honor has delivered some of the brightest gems of culture to Chinese viewers. In these separate display areas, you could sip a cup of authentic Turkish coffee, admire the beauty of Anatolian folk toys, or enjoy a piece of melodious Turkish music. <laughs> Visitors are thrilled by the shows and exhibitions being offered. Holding her mobile phone to take pictures, Liu Min from Jiangxi Province is fascinated by the traditional Turkish book art, paper marbling. It is so unique. I never thought people could produce art in such way. I have just arrived here a while ago and already been hooked. As for college graduate Xu Xianli, he takes a special interest in Turkish history and dancing. The exhibition area is content-rich. Turkish culture brings me a completely new experience. It's full of exotic charm. You're listening to In the Spotlight. The Beijing International Book Fair is a business exchange platform for the global publishing industry. From the newcomer Chile to the fair's veteran France, the event allowed exhibitors worldwide to negotiate rights, distribute content, and get involved with cultural programs. We go to Xunxiqi for more. Featuring roundtable discussions, trade fairs, and book reading events, the 2014 Beijing International Book Fair attracted publishers, vendors, and book lovers from all over the world. Working as an English teacher of Shanghai High School, Justin Wei came to the fair to review new materials for the school's English language art program. Thanks to the sufficient amount of foreign publishers, he was able to finish the job ahead of schedule. Very easily, actually, very quickly and easily. I did not expect to have this free time so early in the afternoon, but it's fortunate I was able to find.、Uh, Everything I needed to meet my goals for today. Janet Fritsch is an eyewitness of the growth of international participants for the book fair. As the president of the American Collective Stand, she helps medium and small-sized publishers from the states to get settled and organized in China.、Uh, I've seen a big difference from the first time that I came to the Beijing Book Fair nine or ten years ago now, and、uh, the Beijing Book Fair has grown probably. By at least 50%, if not more, from that time. There's many, many more international publishers here and more U.S. publishers than than before. Fritz said there are many foreign publishers who have returned for this year's events, but fresh faces could also be found everywhere. Anna Kaiser Danielson was one of them. As the rights manager for an independent Swedish publishing house, she and her Nordic counterparts catalyzed a joint booth in order to cater for the growing demand for high-quality Scandinavian publication from Chinese market. 
There's um, a Nordic pavilion here this year. It's a cooperation between mainly Swedish, Danish and Norwegian uh, publishers. And uh, it's the first time there's a Nordic representative uh, in Beijing. We have noticed in the last sort of, two or three years that there is uh, a growing interest from Chinese publisher in, in our Scandinavian books, children's books, but also adult books. And um, I think in the last sort of couple of years, there have been more Chinese publishers coming to look at our books in, in Bologna and Frankfurt as well. According to a report issued by Beijing Open Book, a data analysis company specializing in Chinese publishing industry, children's books, literature, language, and business books were the most popular foreign publications in 2010. But now the trend is changing. Li Ziyi is the Chinese representative for Germany's leading guidebook publisher, Grave on the Onsa. Recalling the positive response from Chinese publishers, she is pretty confident to find targeted customers in the country. We have a lot of wine books. This is guidebook for people who have kids.、Uh, we're giving him very practical tips. I had lots of publishers, Chinese publishers, who come to me just because of the baby books and for the gardening book. We have some、uh, good customers who are doing this、uh, for the coffee shop. I had at least six meetings yesterday. There are publishers I don't know. They just come to me. They show their interest. Overseas distributors are not just satisfied with promoting their own products to China. They've also decided to bring some top-selling Chinese books to their home countries. Gonzalo Alvarez has attended a Sino-Argentine publisher roundtable discussion to find some Chinese publications. We just started to work with Chinese publishers recently, but we want to expand the cooperation step by step. Instead of focusing on introducing Argentina publications to China, we are looking forward to more bilateral collaboration. By importing Chinese cultural books, we hope it could stimulate the development of publishing in Argentina. Global digital publishing companies also eye Chinese market. As the manager for a South Korean web comics company, Lee Dae Gun said, although the digital comics industry has not been fully developed in China, the fair could attract more potential partners. First of all, we want people to know about us. Many children only know Japanese comics. They may learn about some really good Korean comics in pirated forms. We hope to promote our products on formal platforms. Maybe during this book fair, we could cooperate with Chinese publishers to develop together. Starting from 1986, the Beijing International Book Fair is held as one of the largest publishing gatherings in Asia. That was Xun Ziqi reporting. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Li Ningjing. Mogao Grottoes of China is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Every year, the caves have attracted thousands of visitors from all over the world. But the ever-increasing number of tourists has put a great strain on the relics. I recently talked to researchers and the management of the caves to find out how to adopt new approaches to balance the conflict between tourism development and protection. The scorching sun hung above, and the desert city in close proximity, Dunhuang City in summer, may make people feel like they are in an oven. But the intense heat never stops people from paying a visit to Mogao Grottoes, one of the most famous tourist attractions in the city.
carved along the cliffs, the 16,000-year-old Mogao Caves are considered the largest and longest-used treasure house of Buddhist art in the world. Housing about 45,000 square meters of murals and over 2,000 painted sculptures, the caves provide vivid evidence of the evolution of ancient Oriental art. Working at the grottoes as a tour guide for 14 years, Liu Wenshan has witnessed the rocketing growth of tourists. When I first started to work here, the total number of tourists in a year was 180,000. Last year, the number may exceed 800,000. In the past few days, we received 9,000 to 10,000 visitors per day. The influx of tourists has boosted local tourism revenues. But it also poses a potential threat to the protection of the centuries-old grottoes, particularly the frescoes. Su Bo-min, head of the Conservation Institute at the Dunhuang Academy, elaborates. Basically, these painted frescoes are constituted by mud walls and undertone layers. Then craftsmen use ancient pigments to draw on the top. The undertone layers are made up of mud, grass, and hemp. In terms of building materials, they are the most fragile one of all. Nothing but human and natural factors could lead to the damage of the relics. Under the current environmental condition, the status of these murals is relatively stable. But we realize that tourists have become the biggest disturbance to the grottoes. Su emphasizes that with the high volume of visitors, the temperature, humidity, the amount of carbon dioxide inside the caves would change, which could lead to the destruction of the murals. Meanwhile, the overcrowding could spoil the fun of admiring the beauty of these fine murals. Based on the research of the cave's carrying capacity, Su Bo-min says the management team will limit the number of visitors to 6,000 a day and adopt a new reservation system from early September. The daily reservation system could distribute visitors to different time periods. Which could split the number of tourists averagely, except for a few caves. The new approach could assure the level of carbon dioxide inside the caves meets standard, which is pretty good. In order to improve the touring experience, a digital exhibition center was built as well. Here's Li Ping, director of the center. Our digital exhibition center opens to the public since August 1st. Since then, the visiting procedure has been changed. Before, people would rush into caves directly, but now they would need to visit here first. What are they going to see? They will explore our two circular screen movie theaters and two digital cinemas. The digital film displays the relationship between Silk Road and Mogao Caves. Another one is to showcase seven representative caves in a digital manner. According to Lee, from September, all the visitors will have to reserve their tickets online first, and then come to the digital center. To collect tickets and watch films, after that they'll be allocated into groups to take shuttle buses to visit the Mogao caves. Lee hopes that watching movies will not only reduce the time people spend inside the caves, but also increase their knowledge about them.
Sitting inside the circular screen cinema, audiences could enjoy 360-degree panoramic views of every piece of frescoes and sculptures in details, with electrifying music, in-depth narration, and breathtaking visual effects. The experience could be sublime for many tourists. Here is Hu Rijian from Hangzhou. I have watched IMAX movies before, but this is the first time that I watch something so huge. It makes you feel like you are observing a cave for real. It is quite shocking. Another tourist, surnamed Zhang, speaks highly of this new visiting procedure. Very good. The movies are really good. They could help me understand the history of this world cultural heritage. Knowing something in advance is much better than coming here but knowing nothing. At least they could inspire your curiosity to check out if these caves are as beautiful as what are shown in the movies. I hope they could carry out this procedure in the future. You are listening to In the Spotlight. It is common knowledge that a writer's childhood could have a significant impact on their writing, but it is not that common to see how a difficult and poor early life endows the writer with optimism towards a human nature. Today, Xu Fei will introduce us such a writer, Bi Fei Yu, and his autobiography, Su Bei Juvenile Don Quixote, or in Chinese, Su Bei Xiaonian Tang Ji Ge De. Su Bei Juvenile, Don Quixote, is the first non-fiction work from Bi Fei Yu, winner of the Regional Man Asian Literary Prize and the National Modern Literature Prize. The autobiography records his childhood in North Jiangsu in the 1960s. Bi Fei Yu says the most important influence throughout his childhood is his father. And the first thing he taught him is to know how to cherish the beautiful things around. My father is kind of the man that you can call him casual and relaxed. A man doing super farm work, esteemed as a collective person in the countryside, but not him. You can see him stand there watching sunset and praise the beautiful trees and clouds. Apart from teaching him to find nice things in life, even during difficult times, Bi Fei Yu says his parents also helped him realize what most valuable quality is for a man. My parents particularly taught me the importance of maintaining dignity. They put a lot of attention on a person's decency, like your posture and other common courtesies. Bear in mind that was a time of widespread poverty. Here is a paragraph from the autobiography. When I was young, I liked listening to my father chatting. He never talked too much, always to the point. I always believe what a father says could decide what kind of a person his child will be, especially for a boy. What the father says over and over again, even without certain intentions, could shape a person. Bi Fei Yu depicts almost every aspect of his childhood in the countryside of North Jiangsu in detail. He also fills his stories with strong emotions. One of the aspects Bi particularly touches upon is his hometown's craftsman. 
How those craftsmen handle their work is quite significant. They are doing it slowly and peacefully. What they want is just finishing the work. They are not rushing to make money, so they never look anxious. It is not a surprise that what they make is different from today. In a certain way, that presents the true meaning of working. Working could be enjoyable too. The ideology is also being applied to the writing of himself. The Nanjing-based author and winner of the 210 Man Asian Literary Prize has turned one story after another into award-winning masterpieces. Several of his novels have been translated into other languages. The 1995 movie Shanghai Triad, for which he wrote the screenplay. And the 214 film adaptation of his novel *Blind Massage* have both won awards at international film festivals. Bi Feiyu is attributing the success to his childhood. I am very lucky because I was born in a small village and grew up in a small town. Then I went to school in Yangzhou, which is a secondary city. Then I married and began writing. After I moved to a big city, I have a richer life experience compared with most people. I have experienced the life in small villages, little towns, secondary and big cities, step by step. Despite the rich and privileged life Bi Feiyu has lived, his works always focus and reflect on his memories in the countryside. Such influences are not only embodied in the subject matter, but also profoundly in his portraying of characters, depicting of images, management of plots, as well as in his unique expression and distinctive aesthetic preferences. Literature critic with Beijing Normal University, Professor Zhang Qinghua, gives a thumbs up and praises the writer's skill of depicting people. I think he is very good at depicting people's inner world and following the logic of people's personality. Eventually speaking, a writer's skill and inner power will be reflected on the depicting of people. Once the writer establishes the logic of a character's personality, all the stories will come out naturally. Critic Li Jingzhe is echoing this view, saying Bi's works are filled with the bright side of human nature. He lets us see clearly what people should give and what people can get from this world. The golden part is the visibility of this character's dignity, no matter they live in a successful or disappointing life. He wants to show us the dignity of the human nature. Is the world's last resort. Just like Bi Feiyu says, no matter what stories he tells, he tells based on his real life with respect to the human nature. That was Xu Fei with a review on the fiction Subei Juvenile Don Quixote. <laughs> With that, we've come to the end of this edition of In the Spotlight. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you have any comments or suggestions, you can email us at spotlight at cri 
www.newsonline.com.cn. You can also log on to our website at www.newsplusradio.cn to find out more about today's topics or to catch up on any of our previous editions. I'm Lin Qing, and thank you for listening. Please tune in same time next week for more interesting stories. Bye for now. Thanks for downloading this edition of the program. To find out more, please go to our website, newsplusradio.cn. We hope you enjoy it.